A reading from Jonah 3, 10 to 4, 11. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort, and Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said. I am so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have, been concerned, you have been concerned about this plant that you did not tend or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? This is the word of the Lord. past few weeks, we've been looking at the story of Jonah in the Old Testament, and we've been examining, studying the topic of mission. Mission, God's invitation, his call for us to share God's love, both in our words as well as our deeds, our lives, to our neighbors here locally as well as those around the world. And today we're finishing up this uh, brief four-week series with the final chapter of the book of Jonah, chapter four. And let's take a look one last time and let's pray before we jump in. Let's pray together. God, we need your help. I pray that you would send your spirit to quiet our hearts and minds. We almost live... uh, normalizing distracted hearts and minds, sort of this buzz, so many things um, pulling at our attention. Uh, right now, we're, we're praying not that we would be inhuman. You're, you're merciful about our weakness. You're kind towards us. But what we're asking is that you would give us a, a spiritual aliveness, that we would be able to be attentive to the things of your word, that we would be receptive to the proddings of your Holy Spirit, that we would be 
open to the message of your word in a way that might actually bear fruit in a, in a way that's totally unexpected to us, that might even pierce our hearts in a way that we might be inclined to resist, but by your grace, you make us open towards. So whatever you have in store for us, please help us. Please make this time that's holy because you are here and holy because this is your word. And so we pray this and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Jonah was angry. Jonah was angry. Are you? Am I? That word is mentioned five times in this short passage. The Hebrew word behind it actually means to burn. You know, when anger feels that way. Jonah was hot. Psychologists often refer, as you may know, refer to anger as a secondary emotion. That means an emotion that's fueled by other emotions that usually lie underneath the surface. Emotions like hurt or fear, humiliation or sadness that only know how to express itself as anger. I think that's true, biblically true, There's always something else going on underneath our anger. So in this sense, our passage invites us to ask, to consider, why? Why is Jonah so angry? We saw last week in chapter 3 that God surprised the people of Nineveh with his compassion, relenting from judging them as they deserved. We're told in the first verse that's printed there, chapter 3, verse 10, when God saw how they turned from their evil ways, repenting, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Now this, of course, should be a prophet's dream. His words actually worked to change the people's hearts. Isaiah, Jeremiah would have been jealous. It almost never turns out this way as the Old Testament unfolds. It should have been a prophet's dream. You could almost picture Jonah, if he had a different heart, standing in a, say, prophet's convention. Here are three ways you deliver a successful message. Here's how I did it, how you can too. But no, Jonah is angry at these successful Results. How does he respond? Verse 1, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And not just wrong, literally those words can be rendered, translated, exceedingly evil. 